informed them and what they're telling us about how our planet works. And then there are folks who study historical geology. They're looking to understand the origin of our planet and how it has changed through time. So they look at change in fossils, change in climate, changes in tectonics, to understand everything that has ever happened to this planet as a story. And, of course, the two disciplines contribute to one another. Physical geologist data goes into telling that story, and sometimes historical geologists can say, hey, there's a part of this story I don't think we understand very well. We should go find some data to try to get a better picture of what's going on. And, of course, there are many different subfields within geology. Some people only study minerals or only study igneous rocks. Some people only look at fossils. But at the end of the day, all of that information is put back together to start to understand the big picture of our planet. So when we look at geologic studies, in terms of space and time, geologists have to think on a lot of different scales. We have to think on spatial scales from down to a nanometer all the way up to the size of the planet. So many geologists have to switch gears a lot between very, very tiny things and very, very big things and how those are related to one another. We also have to think on a very different time scale than most folks are used to thinking about. We're trying to think about 4.6 billion years worth of time and everything that has happened in that time and processes that take thousands of years to complete. Some processes that happen in the blink of an eye. So we need to think about just a few seconds to billions of years. And for some people, thinking about deep time can be a really fun exercise, trying to put yourself back in history, all the way back millions and billions of years to understand what's happened. So, for example, if we want to think about some of these different rates of geologic processes, these are just some fun facts to share with folks at your next cocktail party. This, as fast as your fingernail is growing, that's how fast the lithospheric plates are moving. That's right. The continent that you're on right now is moving, but it's moving at about the speed your fingernail's growing. So it's maybe not all that exciting. And then, for example, a car driving on a freeway, so maybe 60, 70 miles an hour, that's about as fast as some of the fastest stream flow on our planet. And of course, an earthquake happens so fast, it's almost instantaneous to us as human beings. And of course, if we think about all the different spatial scales that we're thinking about, we do everything from microscopic to the size of a mountain to the size of a continent. So when we think about our planet, we're taught early on that there are three basic layers, the crust, the mantle, and the core at the interior of the planet. Geologists actually think about the Earth in terms of four layers. There's the lithosphere, which is the outermost skin of material. There's the asthenosphere that that lithosphere is riding on. There's the mantle, and there's the core. And we'll find out later that the core is also divided into two parts. These different layers are divided from one another based on different physical properties and by compositional properties. So they have a different chemical makeup. There are two guiding principles that really drive most of what we do in geology. The first one is something called uniformitarianism, and that is quite a mouthful, and it's fun to spell. This is the idea that processes that we can observe today, like a stream flowing, an earthquake happening, a rock breaking down, that these processes are the same as those that have operated in the past. And another way to think about it is the present is the key to the past. 
So if you can understand a process today, you can interpret it backwards through time. The only thing that we don't ever try to interpret is the rate of that process. So we don't say that things are happening at the same rate that they were back in the day as they are today, but we acknowledge that rates can change through time. So an example of this would be if you went and walked on the beach and you saw ripples in the sand formed by the waves sloshing back and forth. And then you went out into the desert of eastern Arizona and you found a big old slab of sandstone. And on the top surface of that sandstone were lots and lots and lots of ripples, fossilized ripples. You could infer that back when that sandstone was being deposited as sand and ripples were forming, that that part of eastern Arizona was the shoreline to a lake or a river, maybe even an ocean. So you can imply that back when that rock was formed, that that environment...